This is part six of my interview with my oldest son, Jared. I feel like I have given you a backstage pass to my son's struggles and his free falling into his own pit, and we are not done yet. Today, we are talking about my son's depression and how that grew throughout his second semester in college. So let's go ahead and get started. Have you ever felt that we are losing young people to the world around them and that they have already chosen to walk away from Jesus without even knowing him? And did you know that all young people are at risk for something? That's why I want to welcome you to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast, where positive youth development and youth ministry intersect. I'm your host, Deb Schroeder. Join me weekly for encouragement, resources, and strategies to assist you in helping young people make Jesus their hashtag. Welcome back. We have spent the past five episodes in an interview with my son. If you have missed any of this interview, I do want to encourage you to go back and listen to episodes 26 through 30. We have been looking at drinking, drugs, defiance, and depression. We pick up with Jared during his second semester of college after having gone cold turkey off his antidepressant medicine. And then it just went downhill from there. I started skipping classes again. I started going out more. And then there was, a, I think there was a period, I think after spring break, I didn't go to classes for about a month. I don't think I went to one class for a month. I just sit, sit and I wasn't doing anything else. I, even at that point, I didn't go out as much because the depression at this point, you know, it just ramped up after I went off of those and it just started building and building and building. And it was all, it was, it was close to, I mean, I don't think there's a ceiling for it, but it's about as, it was at this point about as high as it could go. Cause not only was I, I was so ashamed of myself and so ashamed of what I was. I didn't even go out. I was past the point of going out. I didn't want anyone to see me like this. I was, so I was holed up in my room. Those that pretty much that whole semester, I, I, if I went to class, I'd come home from class and I'd just sit there. I wouldn't, and I, and I wouldn't do anything. I'd go out every now and then, but towards the end of that semester, I was not doing, I wasn't doing anything. I just, sit in my room and wallow away. I started to feel sorry for myself. And I don't know if I've ever told you this, mom, um, but I never attempted to, to commit suicide, to kill myself. But at my lowest, my real lowest point, there were days that I contemplated it. I thought, you know, I took a look around my room and thought how many of these would how many of these pills and that would uh would it take to kill me and i never i never was close i don't think i luckily i never was close but i was there were days that i considered it and but i never went ahead with anything and i think looking back now that was god he kind of put he put a because satan had had such a hold on me for so long and he was he was almost you know pushing he was trying to push my face down into into the mud in the water and drown me and take every and take the last little bit of life and fight i have i had out of me and that old that old me that was you know full of life so kind um that was you know obedient that loved himself that people liked to be around he wanted to 
kill that person once and for all and end that person. And I think the only reason I think I was able to recover is because I think God, he said, no, he was, you know, I have this mental picture of me like knelt over and Satan, you know, trying to push my head down into this water and drown me and God's down below and pushing back on me and saying, no, he's not, you're not taking him fully. He's still, he's got enough. I'm going to be there with him. And at the end of that semester, semester. It didn't end well. Let's no, it didn't end well. It ended worse than the first semester. I think my best grade was in, I got somehow got a B plus in one class and I was about the only class I went to, but also a little thing called Quizlet helped on Right. The exams. So, so then at the end of that semester, so before we say what all happened there, you know, we knew, we saw that we had that glimpse of him at the beginning of the semester and him excited. And we could just see the more we talked to him after he'd gone off it. We didn't know he'd gone off it at that point. We could just see this like decline and you could feel him sinking and you could see it. The tone in him changed. Um, his willingness to talk to us changed. And, you know, I just knew he was struggling and and so did your dad. And all we could do at that point was pray. You know, we'd gotten him, we'd encouraged him. We, I think I'd even called a counselor down there to try to get you to go talk to the counselor. Like we put all these things in place and he just wasn't ready for it. And that was so hard as a parent to be that helpless you know, and we'd been helpless with him for how long and how many different scenarios. And, you know, you just, again, is this the rock bottom? Is this the rock bottom? And I think that I didn't share the story with tons of people, but those closest to me knew when they were praying and and that's all we could do was pray for you. And at the end of that semester, we said, no, you're coming home. And that did not make Jared happy. No, (laughs) did not make him happy. He was so angry when he came home, but we said, no, you know, you've wasted a year academically. You are so low. Um, you lost scholarships from that. All those pieces. Um, he was on probation. He'd passed just enough to, I think, get into the fraternity, but you were on probation academically, however that was. But, you know, at that point we said, no, he's coming home. We need to pour into him. We need he needed to also say, this is our bottom line. You know, you, you have to figure out if you're ready to get it together or not. And so we gave him the choice that he could come to our house or not. We knew he had nowhere to go. And not for lack of trying though. I was, uh, there were, I, I mean, I didn't make a considerable effort because I knew I was at that point. I was, I was kind of, I looked at myself as kind of, hopeless and not like, well, there's nowhere else. I ended up being like, there's nowhere else to go. I guess I'm going to have to go here. And it was scary. Cause right. Cause what would have happened? Like we, it was scary one to bring him back into our home. And at this point, um, our foster son was no longer with us, but it was so scary to bring him back into our home, not knowing what it would look like with you around your brother and sister. And to know he was angry. And then at the same time, we'd seen like the depths. We figured out the depression. Like he was so depressed mentally, emotionally, that physically he couldn't get himself out of bed. 
he didn't have energy. He didn't have motivation. He couldn't do anything. And like to see that in your child was so hard. And again, right as a parent, you can sit here and think what a failure you are because this has happened. And, you know, that's what the enemy would whisper to us that we were failures and we didn't know how to raise our kid and help our kid. And, and honestly, you know, God gave us the strength to say back to the enemy, these are his choices. We, we have tried to encourage, we've done the things we've pushed him. We've, and we said, nope, now at this point, he needs to come back into our home so that he can get stabilized. Yeah. And I think that summer there was, I mean, there were a lot of growing pains um, there, especially because I was basic. I was just working, uh, which was really good because I think at the beginning, um, I was I didn't have a lot of motivation, and then towards the end, I started to get that motivation. I was going to work on time. Um, I wasn't. There were a couple of days I tried to skip work, and you got my butt out of bed. So and there were growing pains. I'm I'm very. I mean, we had plenty of plenty of two the one two on one conversations you dad and i um i think but the end of that fall semester by christmas he was in a better place yeah he was well, hopeful and he was yeah. talking about heading back to school and you know that was hard for us do we let him do we not is he ready and you know my husband and i were in counseling at this point trying to just help us all the grief and the loss of our parents and our foster son and all the struggles with Jared, we were in some professional Christian counseling to help us figure out. And I just remember the, I remember I didn't think he should go back because I hadn't thought he should have gone back the second semester. And Tom thought he should go back and he wasn't the the second semester. This next semester, we weren't sure, but I remember the counselor asking us, you know, if you don't let him go back, is there always going to be a what if? you know, do you give them this other chance? Cause you have seen growth. Now, had we not seen growth, that probably wouldn't have been the same conversation. Well, I could imagine it was hard because even that, like, like I said, there were growing pains and there were there. I remember that semester I went up to, uh, you know, different university to visit my friends and I ended up getting an MIP at a bar that I snuck into underage and then also that semester, I went back to uh, Iowa State, where I go currently go to the college, and I had been, and I met up with you know my fraternity friends that week, and I stayed with them, and it was uh, it was like the old me took over again, and I got really drunk and made some stupid decisions, and um, I ended up getting kicked out of the the fraternity for that. But and I think after that, you know, there was still more growing pains but i think at least for me by you know november december i was kind of i looked at myself in the mirror because there also was a little bit during that time i was really scared to go back because i didn't i didn't want to go back and then have everything else have that had happened i didn't want to i was afraid it was going to happen again if i didn't have you know you and dad for that you know, support system to help me get, get through that. Um, and I think by November, December, I was really ready. Cause I remember for you, I had offered, you know, I could take some online classes in the fall and I 
straight straight away turned him down and said, I don't want to take any classes, even if they're online that fall. I'm not, I don't think I'm ready for them. And then I remember by December, I was like, okay, I'm ready, ready to go back. I'm ready to try this. Um, and I ended up going back. I was in uh, a dorm, a dorm with a crazy roommate um, who's not That's really a whole different su- podcast. super important. At this point, Jared had been back on his antidepressant medicine with the encouragement from his doctor to help really regulate that chemical imbalance. And it was making a difference. Really, I was in a good place or not, I, I was in a lot better place than I was. And I was in a, right. in a good head space when I went back. And I remember there was there were a few days I remember at the start of that early uh, at that semester, that spring semester, which would be spring 2020. And I remember there was, I think it was like a week or two in again, I started to miss a couple classes. And then I think you and dad had, um, uh, you used my, your find my iPhone tracker thing. So we had his schedule and we had his, him, we could track where he was at and we could see when he was in the dorm and when he was in class and we'd compare the two and that became some of our job. And actually at that point, your dad took over some of that. Yeah. Yeah. And after those three days where I had missed some classes, I remember you guys called me and you whipped me right back in the shape. And then I don't think I missed a class the rest of that semester, um, at least until, you know, COVID happened. And then we had to go all online. Um, but I ended that semester really strong. I got finished with a 3.5 uh, semester GPA. Uh, I had the uh, most of, if not all my classes were uh, retakes of classes I had failed the previous semester or two. So I got, um, I got my GPA, my cumulative GPA from like a 1.86, I think it was up back up to like a three. I made, I got a 3.5 that semester made Dean's list. And I was, you know, I remember how excited and happy and proud of myself I was for doing that. And then, you know, that whole semester was still more growth for me. And I was starting to gradually, I think I started to take more responsibility uh, for, for myself. And I wasn't, you know, it wasn't stubborn. I mean, there were still points where I was stubborn, obviously, because that's just, I'm a stubborn person. It doesn't, um, if you can't tell from everything that all I've talked about already, I'm a pretty stubborn person as it is, but so I was still sub stubborn and there were some growing pains, not as many as, you know, there had been, I was really starting to become, you know, I was growing as a person and I was starting to become really happy with who I was. And then I remember we came, uh, I was home cause of COVID uh, for the second half of that semester. And then it ended up going well. I worked all summer. Um, and I, it was still more just, I was really, I was growing more and I was happy, becoming happier and happier and more content with who I was becoming and really excited about the person I was becoming. And in my relationships with my brother and my sister at that time were going really great. And then I was really starting to to mend that relationship I had with you and dad was. And I, you know, I think that for us, there was just this hope. And I remember telling you when you got made Dean's list and you're three, five. And I said, none of this has ever been about your ability. 
because you are such, I remember telling you, you are such a smart, capable young man, but you know, that stubbornness, I remember telling you, you need to use it for good, right? right? You need to be stubborn about fighting for your grades, fighting for your academics, because none of your struggles was about ability academically in the college or even in high school. It was just about your stubbornness to be your own person and to do your own thing. And there just was such growth and just such hope. And, but I will also say, you know, so still like, as you watch your kid make those struggles and there was such heartache still, there was fear, like, and that was a natural, I don't want to live in a place of fear, but right. Like I'd worry you'd be away when you'd be at school and you're doing well and you know, we're still monitoring you. And are you here? I remember the conversation with your dad was like, when do we get a, when do we get to stop checking up on him and just trust that he's going and doing what he's supposed to be doing. And that, you know, we, we were so happy how far you'd come and praising God, the changes you were making. And we still knew there was a long way to go. Well, here we are again at the point where I'm going to pause our interview. But this time, we are at a place where Jared is working his way out of that pit. Jared mentioned multiple times that there were still growing pains. To be more specific, there was still some defiance and frustration that we were telling him what to do. Yet, in all of that, he finally was able to start submitting to us and to God. He knew that he needed help and he needed a support system to keep him focused. Overall, we saw baby steps, but they were forward progress. And we saw his depression start to be replaced with joy. He laughed and he reconnected with his family. And we saw shame start to be replaced with hope. The decision to bring him home had been incredibly scary, but we trusted God. And the decision to allow him to go back to school was just as scary. But again, we trusted God. Our faith was our lifeline. On the next episode, we will continue our interview and look at where Jared's faith was. And I will share how and when I realized that I needed to step back and give Jared completely over to God. Hey there, fellow youth workers. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember what Matthew 9.37 tells us. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In other words, keep showing up and keep caring.